0: This is the Jail Ministry Podcast. The J-A-I-L, or Jesus Acts in Inmates' Lives Ministry, is Christ-centered and provides programs focused on the prevention and intervention for the incarcerated. Jail Ministry also provides support to offenders, criminal justice professionals, victims, and their families. Thank you for your continued financial assistance. For more information, visit jailmen.org. Now, here's today's lesson. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Joe Ministry again. Uh, I pray that you're having a wonderful day. Thank you for joining us. And as always, thank you for the letters. We were reading some this morning on the radio station, and it was just really good to hear from you and the things that you are encountering in your life. And do know that we are continually praying for you that God's will will be done in your life. And I pray that you all have your Bibles ready today and something to write with, Uh, some papers so you can write down the scriptures so you can go back and reread the scriptures so you won't just be taking my word for what we're saying because I'm a firm believer that what I'm saying I will be reading it And it should lead back to the scriptures and not back to me because it is not my word. It is God's word and I have to obey it just like you. Actually, the scriptures tell us that I must be first partaker before I can serve this bread to you. So I pray that you're hungry today and that you you get your tummies full of this word and that you're thirsty and that God will... Do what needs to be done in our individual lives and in our relationships that it can be more personal, more detailed and more intricate with him. Because when it is said and done, it is him that we have to reckon with. So therefore, it is behooves us to counsel with him now. And in the end, we will have worked out our whole life in serving Him, and then we can see His face in peace. So I pray that you be blessed today. So let's just go to a word of prayer, and let's just talk to the Lord. Lord Jesus, we thank You. We come in Your presence, for thanksgiving, and praises for who You are, and You're the answer for this world today, Jesus. To every question, every situation, Lord, You are the answer. Whether the people know how to apply that answer or not, you're still the answer, Jesus. And if we would come in your presence and be honest about our lives and about what we're doing, we could find real help. And in this world that we live in, Lord, I find today that we're in, we're in a mess, Lord. We're in a situation that only God can deliver us. We need a higher power right now, Lord, in this world, this nation, and in our own individual communities, in our own individual homes and lives, we need you, Lord. And we're asking you, Jesus, to come in today. Lord, we're asking you, we open up, we invite you in. Lord, come in and sup with us. Come in, Lord, and make us over, creating me, us, a clean heart renew in us a right spirit put some do right in us that we will strive to do what's right shun the wrong and do what's right because it is important lord and you're demanding it the bible says that you have commanded men everywhere to repent Be- Cause in times past, you winked at our ignorance. But Lord, you're not winking at it no more. You're beholding it. You're observing it. You're looking at our ways and saying that the way you did that, that's not my way. My ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. So, Lord, help us to, as we come in prayer, to open up this Bible and find out who you are. According to the scriptures, that we can be Bible saved and not just church saved, but Bible saved. Because when it is said and done, you will judge us by the Word of God. If there's any out there, Lord, that their lives are are breached, their lives are turned around backward. I pray, Lord, that you repair the breach. If there's any in pain that are hurting. That are sick, Lord. By your stripes, Isaiah said, that we are healed. And Peter said, by your stripes, we were healed. It was a done deal at Calvary's Cross. When we do like Romans 10 and 9 say, that we believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and we confess with our mouth that is our salvation. And then we go on to know you, to get an understanding of who you are, why you came to this earth, why that you want to reign preeminent in our lives. And Lord, as we grow in you, Jesus, teach us, Lord, how to do what's right, to leave all the other stuff alone, Jesus. And and for those that are having difficulty doing the things they should do, help them, Lord, and not doing the things that they should not do. Lord, we need help in all areas, Jesus. All of our sins and things that we commit, and things that we omit, we just fail to do. And then the sins that we may not altogether know about. The sins of our presumptuous sins. Lord, just little things, are just our little ways. But you already said that our ways are not your ways. Wash us all in the blood of Jesus right now, Lord. Lord, and I ask you to touch the hearts of your people, the sheep of your pastor. Let the words go on the inside and let it penetrate the heart and go all the way down to the soul. And let it bring forth, Lord, fruit, bring forth evidence that they are a Christian, that if you call them home right now, they would know of a certainty that they will make it to heaven. Jesus, Lord, let us be that much saved. We love you. We thank you. Thank you for all those that are listening today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So again, I thank you for joining us. And I want to talk to you, as time permits, repent and be converted. You may say, well, what do I need to repent about? Well, first thing is... God don't see us the way we see ourselves. So we may overlook things that we're doing and we may say that is just how we are and that's just what we do. But if we're not doing it according to the scripture, if it's not biblically correct, then it's wrong in God's eyes. And remember, it is Him that we are trying to please. He said, I go away to prepare a place for you. So the place that is prepared for us, heaven, it is the Lord's heaven and not ours. It is His standards and not ours. So as we search our lives, we can find error in our lives. But one thing we know that we find no fault in the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no fault in this word. The Bible is right somebody's wrong, but the Bible, it is right. It is the word of God. John 1 and 1 plainly expresses that, that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So as we begin to read our Bibles, we find out exactly who God is. So for those that do have your Bibles, let's start in the book of Acts, the third chapter. And we're talking about, it's, it's great and necessary that we get our hearts clean. You know, There's a scripture that tells us that Lord, Give me a heart of flesh that's tender, that's flexible, that don't get mad all the time, that's not hard, that's not stone. that everything irritates me, and I cannot take instructions from nobody, not the preacher, not my mom, not the Bible, not those in authority, but somewhere we've got to get a heart of flesh that we can be molded, that God can take us and put us on the potter's wheel, that he can mold us like clay and shape us into the Christian that he would have us to be. Not the one that we want to be. Christianity is based on the word of God. And I would tell you up front that God loves you. He loves you individually. He came to this world to die for you and me because of his love. When we were yet sinners, when we were out there doing what we were doing, even if we were God-fearing sinners, God still died for sinners. God still loved the world. And Jesus said, I come to seek and to save that which is lost. And there are a lot of people that are lost and maybe they're not confessing it or really admitting to it, but confession is good for the soul. Confession is so necessary that the redeemed of the Lord must say so. You've got to let the world know your life must speak for itself. You don't have to have a big pen saying that you're saved. Your life will tell those around you that you are a Christian. First of all, by your love for God and his people. So it is important that we get in the looking glass and take another look, a longer look, a second look. Look at ourselves, and we will find that the fault is in us. It is not in God. It is not in the Word. We can see where we have erred. You say, "Where have I erred?" When's the last time you were in your Bible? When's the last time you talked to the Lord? When was the last time you talked to your neighbor? Were you kind to your neighbor? When was the last time that you opened that Bible and looked at those Ten Commandments? We know that the law was up until John. Moses never had the law because Jesus had not come on the sea, but the law is still good. Thou shalt not. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, body, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. Are we doing that? So if we're not, that is ground for repentance, and we must come clean with the Lord. And if you look in your life, if things are falling down like dominoes, if your life have the domino effect, then you need to check your life. You need to compare your life to this word right here because in Revelation you would find that the books are open. The books are open for what? What books? What book that contain books? The Bible. In this book, there are 66 books that we really need to have a knowledge of. In Acts 3 and We'll just go to the 19th verse, go back and read the whole chapter to put it in context that you will know that Miss Millie is just not here saying that I need to confess. I need to say that I've done wrong. You need to go to the Lord and talk to the Lord. Find your quiet places. You can have some, some solitude that you can just be, you can be expose yourself to God. He exposed himself to you. Reveal yourself to God. Be honest. Keep it real because he's a real God and he really do real things in our lives on a daily basis because he loves us. Acts 3 and the 19th verse, it said, repent, repent you therefore. And I have a KJV Bible, but read it in your Bible. Repent therefore and be converted. It is great that you confess. And even the scriptures tell us that when you go to the altar to pray, if you know somebody has an ought against you, maybe there was a misunderstanding, maybe there is a disagreement, uh, maybe there was some conflicts or confrontation. If you know that they have that against you, you're supposed to get up, go find them, work it out. It has to be worked out. It's too many churches that are setting bad example for people. People in church are mad at each other. and should not be because God judgment must first start at the house of God. He cannot judge the world until He judge us. And it is a righteous judgment. But He told us don't judge one another, but pray for one another. If you're stronger than somebody that you find is weak, bear those infirmity. Maybe somebody don't know when to stop talking or don't know, then bear that. Don't just jump out there and tell them to shut up. Bear it, because you may not see your faults either. But I tell you that all see and He sees all, and He knows all. And there is nothing nothing that is hid in his sight. I assure you that. He said, I even see in the dark. I created the dark, but I did not like it. So I spoke to the dark and I said, let there be light. And there it was. And I looked at it and I said, it is good. God is a good God and he loved his people and he did not create hell for his people. If we disobey this word, if we never come to the reality that we are not our own, that we belong to him, that we owe him our praises, that we owe him our life, that all of our hallelujahs belong to God himself, that we acknowledge him by his name, and his name is Jesus, Jesus Christ, the only name given unto heaven whereby men must be saved. And if that is the only name, why fool with another name? I ask you today. Jesus, He's the price. He paid the price. Right here in Acts 3 and 19. Repent be you therefore converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. It is important that we live a godly life. Let's flip on over in the book of Acts. We're going to go over it. Let's see. Uh... Let's go to the 17th chapter. Just flip over from the third chapter to the 17th. And look at verse 30. Once again, go back and read the whole chapter. Put it in context. Hopefully you got the time to do it. If not, make the time. It's one thing about time. You don't always have time. You got to make time. You got to make time for what's important because you'll look around and 10 years will be gone by just like that. So it's what we do for the Lord in this life. You can't get time back. There are other things you can get back, but not time. So work on your relationship with the Lord. I tell you, you're going to need God. You're going to need him. And there will come a time in everyone's life on planet Earth that you're going to need a miracle. You're going to need a high power. And there is one higher power. And it is God Almighty. Won't it be important to get to know him now? It is so very important. It's urgent. Get to know him now. Let's work on our relationship. And it starts with fessing up first. It's just like a marriage. When you at that altar, somebody got to say, I do to make it real, (laughs) to make it authentic. I do. Do you take this woman? Do you take this man? I do. And I do. Oh, now I have said it out loud. I put it out there. Everybody heard it. And I said, I do. So guess what you got to do? You got to do it. You got to work with it. Some days it's going to be ups and downs. You know, to every hill, there's a valley. To every valley, there's a hill. But you got to work through it because you can do all things through Christ Jesus, who strengthens you, He strengthens me. He has equipped us that we can make it in this life as a Christian, and He will give us of His Spirit. We can receive the Holy Ghost on the inside, and it'll take us from earth all the way to glory. See, God raised Jesus from the dead, and it's the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. If He resides in us, it should also quicken our mortal body. Don't you want to get up out of that grave? Don't you want to get up out of that ground? I don't want to say that. I want to be resurrected. I want to be in heaven so my house I can have sunflowers in my front yard of my house. My house. He said I go to create a place for, prepare a place for you. I like sunflowers. I don't know what you like. I like yellow. I love it. It's bright. So everything in my mansion is going to be bright. Yellow. Sunflowers. Because the Lord, He's a detail God. He took the time to number the hairs on our head. He's a detail God. He knows us. He knows what we will do. He knows what we won't do. But he still give us free will to do what he's asking us to do. The 30th verse of the 17th chapter and the times of ignorance, God winked at. It was a time before Jesus came that all things were going on, although God did send his spirit back. We know John the Baptist the Bible said that, that when his mother heard the voice of the Mother of Jesus, Mary that, that the baby leaped in the womb and the babe and the mama were filled with the Holy Ghost, because John the Baptist needed, although the Holy Ghost hadn't yet been given, but the times that things were going on, there's a time in your life that, that grace. That God's grace, he had mercy on you. He said, time out. You need to regroup. You need to think about what you're doing. You think about what you're going to do. You have not consulted with me about your plans. You have not talked to me about these things you want to do. You don't even know if if I'm going to be in it. You come sit down and counsel with me about your life. And we, it's very necessary that we do that. But in our ignorance of things that we do, the things you just don't know what you don't know. And that's the part that God winked at. But he ain't winking no more. Look what he say he's doing. Matter of fact, he ain't wicked. He got his eyes wide open and he's looking at us. He's looking at you right now and he knows your heart. So he's going to try the reins of your heart. He's going to try the motives. What's behind? What's motivating you to do what you do? When you go do wrong, what's behind it? What's motivating it? Is it the lust of your flesh? Is it the, the pride of life? Is it the lust of your eyes? What's the motivating factor that make you do what you do when you don't do what God say do? Because see, there is no excuse we're going to be able to give it when it's said and done. But now... He's commanded all men everywhere to repent. And the repentance part is right. You get caught with your hands on where it should not be. First thing, just fess up. I was wrong. Just go to the Lord and say, Lord, you know me. I, I do love you, Jesus, but I'm having a hard time. Paul said the the things that I over in uh, Romans seven chapters, someone go around run 23rd verse up and down there. He said the the things that I shouldn't do, that's what I'm doing. And the things that I should do, that's what I'm not doing. Then he said, and i i and I thought about it, and I looked at myself and said, "Why I can't not do what's in my heart to do, why I can't go follow through with that?" but he said, "So I see another law that's working inside of me, and it's the law of sin, and it's bringing my mind into captivity. There are sins, you know what sin is, you know what it is, thou shalt not." Taste not, touch not, handle not. You know what it is? It's wrongdoing. Having respect a person. So Paul said that there's a law that there's something that's in me that that when I just I know I should do right. I know I should Lord to obey you. I know I should put this down. I but there's something in me I want to put it down, but the taste in my mouth is overriding my heart. And I follow that taste that's in my mouth. And then when I go do it, and then I feel sad that I've done it. So there's a law. There's something in me that's working in me that's hindering me from obeying you. And Paul identified, he said, it is sin. It is sin. It is sin. Ask yourself, how many of you at someone in your life, maybe you were raised to know the Lord. Maybe you was and maybe you wasn't either or it doesn't matter because the grace of God and his mercy See, Jesus wrote in grace and truth. We love grace, but we don't want to deal with truth, but it levels the playing field. But if you have even some type of knowledge of God, then there's something in you that lets you know every time you do wrong. That's your conscience, Mm -hmm. the conscience in you, even a little child, little bitty one. You catch with the hands in the cookie jar and they know that they are wrong. So there's a conscience in you, but that conscience does not condemn you. It does not say that you'll never get right, you'll never do the right thing, you'll never be about anything, your life will never amount to nothing. It does not do that. Romans 12 tells us there's therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. If we get in the Lord, he will help us all the way every day. So let's go to another scripture because I don't want to run out of time. Um Let's see. Let's go to Luke. And this is where Jesus was talking to Peter. Now, a lot of us can probably see a little Peter in ourselves, can't we? Peter had temper. (laughs) Let's go to uh, Luke 22. (laughs) Uh, Peter just jumped right out there and opened his mouth and let it fly. You know, he had no filter. You know anybody like that just ain't got no filter, but Peter, Peter didn't have no filter. He just opened his mouth, and Peter's like, you mess with my Jesus. You getting up the fight inside of me, slice, slice. He cut the man's ear off, and, and Jesus picked the man's ear up, slapped it back on. It was a miracle. The man didn't even take note. It was a miracle, and Jesus told Peter, put that sword up. If you live by it, you're going to die by it. You want to bring some smoke, you're going to get some fire. So the Lord is telling us the things that we live by, the way we live our life, because Jesus is not a lifestyle, our life will speak for us when it is said and done. So the Lord is telling us right now, all that stuff that you know, that you know, that it ain't going to fly with the Lord. You know, they gonna get through them gates. You know that it's wrong. Your heart has been convicting you. The Bible said if your heart condemns you, your heart is is mad at you, you knew better. Why you do that? You know better, but you still do it. If your heart, the Bible said if your heart condemns you, God is greater. But He does not condemn us. He is greater than our heart. The conviction is greater. And we need conviction in our life. We need that, that moral compass, that internal thing. We need the spirit of God in our life. And we get saved. We make that confession in Romans 10 and nine. And hopefully all of you had done that. Then you got to go on to know the Lord. That is the beginning of salvation. That is not all of it. You've got to receive Jesus on the inside. You got to have his DNA in you to be his child, to hear his voice, to know where he's leading you. So real quickly here, Luke 22 and let's see. Maybe a Listen, to this. let's start the 31st verse. Let's talk about Peter. Peter is so very interesting because he had a zeal. He was hyper. You know, he's a fisherman. You know, he's out there. He, you know, people out on that water that probably don't wear the proper attire. Uh, Peter didn't read about it, but they're out there on that water. You know, they didn't have a whole lot of clothes back then. So he's like, you know, I'm going to get down here with the fish and I'm going to make sure I catch them. because so I'm going to take it off and lay it to the side. You ever just took something off and there you stand in there raw and then you look to the side, somebody looking at you, you feel shame. You ever been somewhere in a grocery store with somebody to pass by you and everything you tell you, that person is saved and you feel a little shame? You ever been somewhere where you have run into somebody or heard from somebody or aware of somebody around you and maybe you knew them somewhere in church and you respected them, you knew that they were a Christian, then they see you with, you know, maybe you're about the size of a band-aid, you know, a little bit of stuff and then you, you know, you ever feel bad about that? That conscience inside you letting you know, well, if you didn't feel bad, why are you doing all this? It's letting you know that you need to step it up. The Bible is right. Somebody's wrong. Could you be that somebody? So, Luke the 22nd uh, chapter, 31st verse. So, we're going to move on. Hopefully, we won't run out of time, but I'll give you the scriptures if we do. So, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, talking to Peter, Behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. Some of you, the devil is on your back so heavy he wants you. He desire to have you. He wants to steal your soul. He want to take you quickly down yonder. He wants you to down to the pit. And you can see, if you look maybe on TV or in your community or in your own life, you can see that devil on your back. You feel that monkey on your back. It's heavy. It's like you turn to the right and to the left. You cannot get any relief. Satan, He desires to sift you as wheat. Why? Because he want to have his way with you. He want to tear your life up. He want to turn your life upside down. He want the bottom to fall out your life, then the bottom to fall out the bottom. That's how the devil is. John 10 and 10 tell us that the thief come not, but to kill, to steal and to destroy. If things in your life are being destroyed, they're falling down like dominoes. Your life has a domino effect there Ain't nothing standing up tall. Everything is falling down. That is not God. God loves you and he wants to see you win. He wants to see you prosper and be in health even as your soul prosper. But if none of that's taking place, then that is the devil. And you got to look at it for what it is. But look what Jesus told Peter because he knew Peter. He said, But I prayed for thee that your faith fail you not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. You cannot provide help for anybody if you have not been helped. You cannot tell people that God can make a way if he ain't made a way for you. You cannot talk it and preach it and be, unless, and be about it unless he's done something for you. You cannot tell people what God can do if he ain't doing it in your life. You've got to be the example first at home, then abroad, first in your house. So you go into church, and you come at home, you're doing everything that's ungodly. Whether you're watching it on TV, however you get in your church, I encourage you to go to church. The Bible said forsake not the similing of yourselves together as you see the evil day approach and it is up on us. So if you're... If there's a contradiction in your life, if you lukewarm, oh, I love God, but I love this too. Oh, I love God, but I love him too. I love God, but I love her too. Then if you love him, make it legal. If it's real, make it legal. It's better to marry than to burn. Burn where? You know where the burning going to take place quickly down yonder, in the pit. So the Lord has said, do what's right, strive, be honest, come with an open confession, an open heart and fess up and a lot of relationships can be repaired if people go to one another and just be honest and don't go assigning blame. You see, if you hadn't done that, I would've done this. See, this is what she has said and that's what he is saying. that's what I did. No, just suffer the wrong and say, I was wrong. Don't go back into it and rehash that. Open that old wound. Just say, I was wrong. What I did, Take I mean, take responsibility or accountability for what you did. You know you did something. Especially if there's two people involved. Take accountability for what you did and tell the Lord, Lord, I'm wrong. I am here because of my life. But Lord, I surrender my life to you. I come this day because I can't change me. The scripture said, we can do, and you do need to do something. You need to do what's right. And I'm praying God give you a whole lot of do right. And let's finish this. And then we're gonna go over here. And then we're gonna finish up real quickly. Jesus told Peter, he said, when you are converted, people, you've got to be converted. It is not just enough to repent, but you have got to see the sinfulness of your sin. You cannot say, that's just how I am. Well, how you are, God don't like it. You see, the way you look at yourself, God don't look at us the way we see ourselves. He said, my ways, they're not your ways. You're going to give yourself too much slack, or you're going to put your foot in your own neck. But the Lord said, my judgment it is righteous. So, is telling Peter, you're gonna be converted. Isn't that positive? Isn't that looking up? You're gonna be converted. Life as you know it won't always be as you know it. Things are gonna get better. So when you convert it, you can help somebody, but not a second before. So, and Peter jumped out there and said, Lord, look what Peter said. He said, I'm ready to go with you both in prison and to death. Jesus, I'm with you. I'm ready to go to jail for you, to prison for you. Jesus, I'm ready to die for you. Now without the Holy Ghost, you ain't ready. Because as soon as he got out there, he started cussing. soon as you say, oh, I love the Lord. Oh, I was in church. God was so good. The message was great. Yeah, but let a real situation come your way and get you hot. And all them little dirty letters come out your dirty little mouth because your dirty little heart heart is so dirty. Bring your dirty little heart and your dirty little mouth and head to the Lord right now. And tell the Lord, that's what I need help with. Because you know, the rich man he was in, he went to the pit and said, lift up his eyes in hell. Lazarus was in Abraham's bosom. But that rich man, could it have been something that he had used that little mouth to say? See, our mouth gets us in a whole lot of trouble. But the last scripture 2 Chronicles 7 and 14, you know what it's saying. If my people, if, and see, the if that's a hinge, it's like a door hinge, if that door swings both ways, if you would, and I exhort you, I encourage you, give your heart to the Lord, trust God, get a relationship. I'm going to read this one we'll close. If my people, which are called by my name, see, he ain't talking to them folks out there, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn you've got to turn from their wicked ways then will I hear from heaven then I'm going to hear their prayer he's not hearing it before that and will forgive their sins and heal their land their life so brothers and sisters we've got to come to the Lord and repent and after repenting let's be converted God bless you see you next time Amen